It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Hi folks, welcome to Quantum, a podcast that looks at culture and news and views from a Christian perspective, open to all. And uh, yeah, we vary. We go around lots of different parts of the world and think about different issues. But I think we are going to start with Glastonbury and Mr. Rocketman himself. She packed my bags last night, free fly. Zero And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. It's lonely out of space. Such a timeless flight And nothing we gotta feel all the time Tuck us down, bring it where I get a fire Not the best thing I've owned I'm a rockin' man Elton John incredibly saying this was his last performance I think he said that a few times um, I know some folks who went to see him here in Australia and just thought he was just absolutely incredible he's certainly a very talented musician he's certainly a uh, very influential songwriter and I think just sadly he's a man with really no message and a man with no hope and it's a shame to see such talent wasted in that way. But Glastonbury's big rock festival in uh, England, um, it's kind of become the place to go if you're a politician. Apparently, the employment minister, Guy Hopperman, uh, was there, SMP MP Stuart MacDonald, Shadow Culture Secretary Lucy Powell, uh, Business and Trade Committee Chair Darren Jones, and so on. And there they go and discuss things as well. It's it's very political. It's very, inverted commas, progressive. Jeremy Corbyn is always a hero there. And the BBC, of course, are always there in great numbers. Um, it's not just, I think it was the Daily Mail, <coughs> if you trust the Daily Mail, that put the BBC presence at Glassbury this year between 500 and 1,000 staffers, all uh, four hotels, all four or five star hotels were booked up. 
On the other hand, some BBC staffers were pretty fed up at the, at the amount of money that is spent by the BBC on Glastonbury. I think the thing that struck me was uh, there was a, a kind of chant of build bridges, not walls, say it loud, say it clear, refugees are welcome here. But here's the irony, and it's an irony that people don't seem to recognise, that Glastonbury itself has an 8,000 metre, an 8 kilometre high border wall, complete with security guards and watchtowers, which on their own website says has been very successful in stopping illegal entry into the site and reduce crime levels. So we have this wonderful paradox of a bunch of rich, middle-class, uh, I was going to say kids, but elderly people as well, secure in their comfort zone behind a several metres high wall complete with anti-tunnelling and security guards and everything else, designed to stop people getting in and designed to prevent crime. And yet these same people inside those walls, and vast, vast majority uh, as uh, Humza Yusuf would say, white, white, white. Vast, vast majority of them uh, white, and they're all complaining about borders. Now, it's incredible that people don't see the inconsistency in that. Uh, I tell you what, let's just have another one of these, uh, shall we say, older performers. Listen to this. That's the extraordinary Debbie Harry, Blondie's Atomic, singing at 77 years old. I, I, there's an article I read on Glastonbury, I think it might have been in Spiked, and uh, yes it was, and citing D.H. Lawrence's poem, how beastly the bourgeois is, standing in their thousands, these appearances in damp England. What a pity they can't all be kicked over like sickening toadstools and left, left to melt back swiftly into the soil of England. That's a bit harsh. Do you know, I, I don't give up on uh, these people either. We don't give up on anyone. And so I, I couldn't believe he was playing Glastonbury, but uh, if you've been Rick Rolled, you know what we're talking about. Here he is, the man himself, Rick Astley.
Okay, let's just go through um, some of the usual things that we do. Just a little bit of follow-up, first of all. Uh, somebody in the section, in the videos that I do on Colossians, we were looking at some of the philosophies, mentioning Colossians 2.8, the hollow and deceptive philosophy, and uh, tied in with this podcast as well. This correspondent said that they'd Look, they saw a notice board in the park where I live. It reads, when you become the image of your own imagination, it's the most powerful thing you could ever do. RuPaul. Now, RuPaul is a drag queen. and But the, it's the quote. The quote, as our, my correspondent says, is clearly a lie and it's wrong. It's not the most powerful thing. You become the image of your own imagination. That's just you becoming your own god. It's a mess. Okay, look, let's do some world news. And for those of you who are South Korean, and there are some South Koreans who listen to this, um, officially, you have become a year or two younger. Now, I thought this was an amazing story. Um, there are two traditional age counting met- methods in South Korea, and there's a new law which has scrapped them both. One traditional system deemed South Koreans one year old at birth, counting time in the womb. And another counted everyone as aging by a year every first day of January instead of on their birthdays. Uh, and some some people could actually be classed two years older than they are by the system that we use. But I quite like the idea of saying, so I'm 61 years old, but actually if you consider <coughs> the time I've been alive, because I was alive in the womb, the baby is alive. If the baby is dead, it's removed then uh, I'm actually 62 years old. Uh, it's a, <laughs> it's an interesting development. Anyway, uh, what else do we have going on in the world? Oh, in Sweden. Now, this is fascinating. The new centre-right Swedish government has announced an energy policy U-turn. They have said that they are ditching Sweden's long-legislated plans for 100% renewable energy by 2040, because Sweden needs a stable energy system. Uh, Other Western countries are still pushing on with that kind of target. But the finance minister, Elizabeth Svantsesson, said wind and solar are too unsuitable to meet a modern economy's 24-7 energy requirement. And guess what? They are going uh, nuclear again. At least 30% of Sweden's total electricity comes from nuclear. That's a, that's a, to me, that's just an absolutely uh, fascinating story. And here's another one. <laughs> I just mentioned this. The hypocrisy is breathtaking. Uh, Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum is calling for a reduction of private motor vehicles to a quarter of the current level. But at the same time, they are not asking for private jets through which they get around to be removed. All right, uh, let's have a little bit of REM.
that's them losing my religion. And uh, there's been another forum discussing AI where the noted writer uh, Noel Yuval Harari has suggested that AI will write a new Bible. He says this, throughout history, religions dreamt about having a book written by a superhuman intelligence by a non-human entity. In a few years, there might be religions that are actually correct. Just think about a religion whose holy book is written by an AI. That could be reality in a few years. Well, the breathtaking, we shall be as God, the arrogance of that. Uh, I The article that I read, and I'm trying to remember who it was by, but I'll put a link to it in The Spectator, said this, that um, an AI Bible created by individuals seeking wealth, power is likely to center around an idea of social acceptability derived from personal interest. It would likely designate pride as a good thing, something that should be demonstrated in ways as it is already being exhibited by the LGBTQ plus community. It would subvert all the good in the Bible, telling the faithful of the church of the WEF that they only need to love and care for themselves, that they should give in to their lustful desires, and there's no need for them to love their neighbor. People, this uh, writer goes on to say, they want to be people, want to be architects of the world. They want to dictate the confines of humanity and morality. They want to be the authors of life, wielding power over who can and cannot have children. And ultimately, they want people to worship them. Well, ain't that the truth? And if you think that's crazy, here's something uh, coming out of Australia. Listen to this. Well, obviously, we've been looking at erotic images for pretty much all of human history. I think, uh, for again, a lot of people, like sexuality is a fairly normal part of their uh, everyday life, our asexual friends aside. Um, so I think that if we're going to have it anyway, then why not make it good? <laughs> and why not make it ethical? And why not show people what they can and, you know, what is going to make their lives more complete and whole? So, yes, I think it's extremely important to fill that space with content that is ethical. Do you have a bit of a checklist for you as an ethical porn maker to make sure you're uh, displaying sex in a healthy way? Yeah, we definitely do. So there's obviously like uh, no overseeing regulatory body, but there are a lot of different production companies working in this space. And together we've sort of combined to create lists and um, practice, you know, ethical practices to ensure what we're creating are, um, you know, something that we can ascribe to and something that we wanted to see when we were sort of growing up and looking at sexuality online. That being said, I should say that ethical porn has been produced for a really long time. So even in the uh, 70s and 60s, there were people working in that space. So this is really not a new idea, but it's good that it's getting some attention. Yeah, you heard right. A Sydney, a University of Sydney panel have given us six tenets of what they say constitutes healthy ethical porn. Uh, One is a negotiation of consent on screen. Two is depictions of safe sex. Three is ethical production. Doubtless climate change suitable. Four is a focus on pleasure for all participants. Five is a variety of sexual practices. And six is a variety of body types, genders and races. See the big thing there, consent again. But these same people would say you can't consent to conversion therapy. The man behind this, Professor Alan McKee, is the project lead and... uh, He's advocating this ethical porn. The damage this is, this will do. Now, he's also got something about children. And in fact, in that regard, I want to play you this from New York. Here, 
That is our Pride Parade, and it's uh, the chant, in case you missed it, was we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. And tied in with the ethical porn, uh, there's an article again by Bella Dabriera, uh, which talks about how in the Western world now, that's where the majority of sexual abuse is taking on. She says that many disturbing features of our modern secular world is the realisation that there's an active cohort of adults who are simply desperate to talk to children about sex. They want to talk to them about every type of sexual sexual activity. Uh, And she cites this professor, Alan McKee, who wants to do that. Uh, Another man called, uh, I think, Malcolm, uh, says this. The university of Sydney, again, is asking to be able to teach um, children about pornography or young people about pornography. This is Malcolm Roberts. According to radical gender theory, which has infiltrated our education system, the idea of denying children access to adult sexual consent or daring to shield their eyes from naked men wearing dog masks as they whip each other in the public street during Pride as seen as tantamount to a hate crime. Indeed it is. But you know this, some of the kids are fighting back. I'm putting a link, I can't read this to you but uh, because it's too long, but two secondary school girls in England age 14 have written a marvellous letter complaining about the indoctrination that they are being faced with um, on lessons and gender ideology in schools, including that humans can change sex, that girls can have penises, and so on, that there are 72 genders, that gender identity is innate and unchangeable, and so on. And they ask at the end of their letter, we call upon the education minister to value the dignity and safety of girls in secondary schools like us, and to value the freedom of speech of all students. We request schools become politically neutral in encouraging a diverse range of opinions and thoughts, and not to stifle students' right by presenting a highly contentious ideology as fact. Amen. Those kids are all right. Good for them. Okay, uh, let's just uh, have an obituary. This lady died. Words I've always wanted either to say or hear someone say. The Scottish Parliament adjourned on the 25th day of March in the year 1707, is hereby reconvened. That is the wonderful Winnie Ewing, and a wonderful woman in many, many ways. The father, father, I was going to say, the mother of the modern Scottish National Party. Now, her her death, many SNP stalwarts uh, mourned her death, but I noticed uh, a lack of enthusiasm, shall I say, and even some downright opposition from some of the more the newer SNP, uh, what I call the ones that are the green progressive cult who've kind of taken over, um, because uh, Winnie Ewan not only spoke against same-sex marriage, but she voted for Section 28, which restricted the teaching and the promotion of homosexuality in Scottish schools. The new SNP hater. Uh, when will we see your likes again, Winnie? And I tell you what, let's go to a completely different country. Uh, do you recognise this national anthem? Yeah. 
that is the national anthem of Morocco. Uh, I love the, I love it actually, and it's very poetic. Um, and the motto is ends up with saying, with the motto, God, homeland, king. Morocco is just such an amazing country. It's 440,000 square kilometers, named after Marrakesh, 38 million people, um, and is there's a big disputed area called the Western Sahara. There's a, a tremendous article by Tony Abbott in The Spectator. And again, as with all these things, I put a link to it. And the thing that struck me about it that I wanted to stress was how, as a Muslim country, it's been remarkably protective of its Jewish community. Um, there was about a quarter of a million during the Second World War. Uh, that's now much reduced by people having gone to Israel. But... This is brilliant. I thought this was brilliant. The Vichy government in France ordered Morocco, because it was a French protectorate at the time, to hand over its Jews for deportation to Germany. The then Sultan, later King Mohammed V, responded, Morocco has no Jews, only Moroccan citizens. Well, not one Moroccan Jew ended up in Hitler's death camps. That is... I just think that's a brilliant. And by tradition, by the way, one of the chief advisors to the government has been Jewish. And for the f- more than 30 years, first to Hassan II, then then to his son, Mohammed VI, the chief advisor has been a Moroccan Jew, André Azoulay, a former banker in Paris. He's been instrumental in pro-market reforms that have seen Morocco jump from 130th to 43rd place in the ease of doing business in- index. Um, the king in 2020 opened a house of memory in a former synagogue in Esaura to honour the country's Jewish heritage. That's, to me, that's fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Um, let's do some sport. And have a listen to this. I don't know, look at this. We've got people running on. This, wow. this is terrible. Oh, Johnny B, Johnny B's got four. Bairstow's there. Orange smoke and dust. They're trying to keep them off the pitch protesters, two of them. They've managed to keep them off the pitch. And Johnny Bairstow is taking one of the protesters off, is carrying him off. There are two things about cricket that reflect on our culture. One is, as the second test began, those just stop oil protesters, you know, remember the the middle class posh kids who think they're going to stop oil by putting orange dye on snooker tables and or blocking people getting to work on roads. Well, they ran onto the pitch and I had to smile at the England cricketer Johnny Bairstow, just grabbing one of them and carrying them off. Good for him. And then in cricket, there's been a report. There's an article by a guy called Neil Gooch, uh, a report from the Independent Commission on Equity in Cricket, which, according to Neil Gooch, and I have no reason to disbelieve him, it's just a rambling, ill-argued, antagonistic, critical race theory-inspired document. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, Humza Yousaf didn't complain about the Scottish football team being all white. The ICC called for parity and remuneration for men's and women's cricket, forgetting that uh, not that many people are all that interested in women's cricket and they certainly don't pay and, and to go and watch it nearly as much as with the men's cricket. The women's cricket would be fine, but you, you can, in, in a commercial sport, which is what it is, you can only go by what people will pay. This is the laws of the market. And speaking of the market, this woman is in Australia. I say I'm too late. 
that's Taylor Swift. I have to say I'm not her biggest fan, but I also have to say I'm largely ignorant of much of her music. So maybe I shouldn't say I'm not her biggest fan. Maybe I could be. Maybe I need to get into her catalogue a bit. I was very amused at that song, Shake It Off. Not least because it's got 3.3 billion views on YouTube, but it shows she's got a sense of humour because she wrote it about the critiques of her bad dancing. But this is the astonishing thing. Four million people in Sydney and Melbourne applied for tickets to her two concerts here. And they're going for ridiculous prices. Um, you can get a ticket and a swag of merchandise for $900. That's basically 450 quid. Or $1,249. For... And these packages sold out straight away. These are VIP packages. It's just incredible. And the interesting thing is that it's older people as well who are really into Taylor Swift. Fascinating. Hey, hey, hey. Just think while you've been getting down and out about the liars and the dirty, dirty cheats of the world, you could have been getting down to this sick beat. My ex-man brought his new girlfriend. She's like, oh my God. I'm just been shaking to the fella over there with the hella good hair. Won't you come on over, baby? We can shake, shake, shake. Um, yeah, I'm going through the top 20 children's books as voted by children's experts. Uh, this is number nine. I'm making you a promise. I am going to save you. You're a spider. How are you going to stop them? With the right words, you can change the world. Templeton, I need words and lots of them. I'm a gonna get me some rat. Yeah! A rat has been spotted. Oh, find some words. The rat will never find words. Hey, look. Words. That, of course, is the film of Charlotte's Web. Great film. Uh, the book is absolutely fabulous as well. It's the American author E.B. White, and it talks about Wilbur, a farm girl's pet pig, and a friendship with a barn spider named Charlotte. Um, it's just, oh, it's just a brilliant, brilliant book. Uh, and as someone said, a perfect book to introduce big questions about life and death. All right, we always try and do something about the church. Uh, I don't have much time left, so I'm just going to do one thing today, and that is the state of the church in the US, which is not great, uh, not least because of this ridiculous queering of the church idea. So just to give you some examples. A Presbyterian church has gone viral online for marking the Transgender Day of Visibility with a public prayer to the God of pronouns, the God of trans being giving great glory to the great they, them. The United Methodist Church has boasted the first drag queen in the world to become a certified candidate for ordination. Duke University's Methodist affiliated divinity school pastors in training and future religious leaders conduct a pride worship service in which they glorify the great queer one, fluid and ever becoming one. The Presbyterian News Service offers online educational series such as Queering the Bible and Queering the Prophets during Pride Month. Wow. Wow. Is it any wonder that these churches are in rapid decline? Not at all. You don't... Look, folks, we've got a great gospel and we've got great news. And our gospel must not be accommodated to... The, the fashions of this world, which are based on deception and lies. 
One of the great philosophies of this world, and please go on to the YouTube. I'll put a link to this as well. Please go on to the, the YouTube channel and um, look at the one that I did on logical positivism. And you will see there, I've got a clip of A.J. Ayer, basically the founder of logical positivism, one of the key exponents of it. He was asked by a BBC interviewer several decades later what was wrong with his theory. And he basically said, it was false. It was false. Yeah. So much of our society has been built on that theory and it's false. And all the philosophies of this world are ultimately false. They distort the truth, even if they contain some truth. Whereas the philosophy of Christ is what we need. And to have these churches distort is just absolutely appalling. We'll finish with this song. I'm doing a series on secular songs that have been inspired by the Bible or are the Bible. It is the birds, and I'm going to leave you with it. oldest pop song in history in that it's the one with the oldest words it's from ecclesiastes three to every season turn 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 there's a time there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens well god bless you for listening to this thanks to peter for producing it if you want to support us please do go on to the podbean fundraiser it's really appreciated and really needed um Please do have a look at the Coffee and Colossians and the Sunday Catechism. I'll put links to these up. Uh, and any ideas, any suggestions, any comments, please let me know. Please do put reviews as well on on your on the iTunes podcast, Apple, or any of the pod, Podbean, any of the ones that you use, and, and spread the word about this as well, because it's great to have so many people listening to it and so many people contacting me and, and uh, encouraging us in that Christians and non-Christians alike. It's wonderful. God bless you, and see you next week. Bye. Turn, turn, turn There is a season Turn